Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone! Welcome back to Waco Famous Podcast. It's Whitley and Ashley. Hey guys! Uh, sorry if you hear the dog barking in the background. She's on one today. <laughs> um, so today we're talking to Tiffany, who is what would you call her? Like, oh, she so smart, <laughs> beyond me smart. I mean, she's got a master's in like human psychology, and then has been studying astrology forever, numerology, tarot. She's a medium. A lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, she's really cool to talk to. But she's going to talk a little bit about astrology and not, not super basic, but a little of the basics of it. Um, she also gets into her theory on everything that's going on right now with the whole world and kind of the – cosmic alignment of it all which is pretty fascinating so uh stay tuned you get to hear that and yeah hope you enjoy so tiff i guess where where do you typically begin when you're explaining astrology to those that maybe don't know where to begin yeah, sure. Thank you guys for having me on, first of all. Um, I I love talking about astrology, so um, this is one of my favorite topics. And when somebody is asking me in terms of just the basics, how, how do I begin, like, what is astrology? Uh, how I explain it is, you know, there, there are 10, maybe 12, depending on which astrologer you ask, planetary bodies in the sky, right? So there's the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, all of the planets, and they were at a specific point in the sky at the moment that you were birthed. And, you know, like when you jumped off the cosmic diving board, as Stephen Forrest says, and we're born, right? So there's a star map and there's a planet map. And what we what we want to look at as astrologers is what does that mean for that person's personality, for their psyche, uh, for the way that they are going to operate in the world. And, you know, it just sounds kind of... Um, eclectic and crazy and out there until you start studying it and it starts to make a little bit of sense. So there are so many branches of astrology. There's uh, Vedic, there's Western. Uh, I live in Texas, so I practice Western astrology. And what we do is we look at the planets kind of um, as a as a play, like as the movie script of your life that's unfolding. And you always have free will. So you're never like Faded to this piece of paper that has the planets on it. You just it just gives you a little bit of insight as to who you are and how you tick, right? So if we look at it as a movie, 
the planets are kind of like the actors or the people. They have different personalities. Sometimes they're on good behavior. Sometimes they're on bad behavior, right? That's the planets. And then we look at the planets in what zodiac sign. So you and I were born when the sun was in Scorpio. So we identify as Scorpios. We read the, uh, the Scorpio horoscope. Um, but there's a lot more planets in the sky than just the sun when you were born. So we look at the planets in the signs to kind of get a tone um, for each of them. And then we look at them in the houses. And we all have 12 houses that, that look like the map. And so first, I just want to look at it all and say, like, okay, this is, uh, this is what this per person's personality is look like. This is what their tendencies are. This is how they receive love. This is how they think or process information. Um, this area is going to have great change and many life lessons for them. And, uh, and we just kind of go forward from there. That's the basic natal reading. That's where everybody, I think, should start when they're kind of into astrology or getting into astrology. And the second layer of that is how I write the first forecast, which is like what is going on in the skies right now and how does that affect you personally? And then you can kind of get into predictive astrology. Um, for those type of people that are interested in, in um, you know, what's coming three months down the road, six months down the road, uh, when is this going to be over? You know, and so this is a, a big gift of astrology is that you can start to see patterns um, and see uh, throughout history what was going on in the sky when these similar things were happening and um, you can just start to play with it in a in a whole bunch of different ways you can use it locationally you know is the astrology in austin is that better for me than the astrology in peru it is <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh, there's so so many ways you can study astrology um does that help a little bit yes that's so interesting and as you mentioned i am a scorpio wit you're a Sag sagittarius yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think there are some, I guess, misconceptions and some people wonder how this plays into religion. Is it sacrilegious? Is it a witchy type thing? You know, and I know we've talked about this at Bolt before when I had you there doing some workshops, but I would love to have you kind of reiterate for anyone listening to, because I do, it does come up quite a bit. And we are um, in the South with very religious group of people. We're in the Bible Belt. So I do think yeah, you it do becomes not a question. Yeah, you do anything wrong. <laughs> you totally want to play by the rules and you don't want to mess anything up spiritually. I totally get it. And me too, you know, uh, and so I, I think that it's a question that's more of a conversation. So it's hard for me to just do it by myself. But my perspective uh, comes from my experience. You know, I had a near-death experience when I was 14 um, through a car wreck. And I had a just out-of-body experience and watching what was going on below me with the emergency workers coming up to me, to the wreck, and all of that. And in that moment, how I experienced the energy, I guess, of people were, was just all of these individual soul lights. And what I understood was these individual soul lights together made up uh, our collective consciousness, um, our God, our one God. Um, and so I have this one God with many, many, many facets type thing going on uh, for me as a very young girl and with not a lot of people to understand that or talk about that um, with. But as I kind of grew up and, um, I don't know, matured, 
I could start to see the correlations between what was going on with the planets and the cosmos and what was going on here on Earth. Now, you could take, like, the perspective of, like, okay, well, baby Jesus and the star of Bethlehem, and that's how the wise men found the baby Jesus, and so those guys were astrologers, you know, or they enjoyed using the night sky to map things out. Um, but they did a lot more uh, outside of I, – I just – actually, I don't really see um, where – gets confused with religion because there were so many of the early people that would follow the stars or plan uh, wars based on when the eclipses were, you know what I mean? Or plan, um, I, I guess, entire kingdoms, you know? Uh, so to me, it's just kind of different. Uh, I don't see where where the religion falls into it because then the planet, you're not using false gods right like it's kind of like okay i'm a country girl right so the cows are looking down that indicate rain okay so it's an old wife but kind of true and so that's how like with the planets too like we can look at it and see that it's based on the past that these kind of personalities happen or these kind of world events happen um but it's not like there's a there's a religion conflict every religion um is i guess they have their own little astrologers right so there's all kinds of rules being bent and i I don't know if it would be more helpful for me to address a specific question i feel like i was kind of broad about that but i'm not i'm not defensive about it at all right like if it doesn't feel good to somebody then they shouldn't do it um, yeah. It's just studying psychology from the, the you know, biosphere, really. So that's kind of how. No, I, I, agree, I agree with you. Know. I don't really understand why it gets warped into being something that's the opposite of religion, you know, because to me, it's you're using tools that are that exist naturally, you know, like the stars and the planets and all that. But I don't know. I think there's there's a certain. A certain group, I guess, who kind of puts anything in that category with, I don't know why astrology gets roped into it, but I don't know. I think p- people just, anything that they're not sure about, think that it's wrong or something, yeah, you know? It, sure. It can totally be scary, right? And if it's not part of what you believe in, then it's really not for you. And you probably don't have any business getting into it because you're looking at it. You're looking for a problem with that angle. A lot of the people that I'm friends with, I guess, on the path of the seeker, people are looking for the truth and they're looking for a connection with God. And I think that that is why we have so much separation going on right now, but also just internally. Um, and so they're they're looking for ways to get more and more connected. And this is why we see, I think, a, a bigger deal with yoga. Uh, I think that we see uh, more new, more people are interested in new age stuff because what they're doing ain't working. You know, like they're miserable or sad or isolated and they're looking for new and different solutions. And so for seekers, astrology is just one of many, many tools that gets you kind of back in your own alignment with God. I started using the God word. I hope that's okay. I know yeah, that's what of I course. Call it. Can, yeah, that's totally great. You can call. Um, so, you know, what does Jesus think about astrology? I'd love to ask him. (laughs) (laughs) It's super interesting because I think that brings me to a a good question of, 
you know, how long have you been studying this? You've studied it for a very long time. I have. Yeah, I uh, I went to my first astrology class when I was 20. I'm 39, so about 20 years. And uh, I met I met some people in that class that have become lifelong friends of mine. Um, I didn't start writing the forecast immediately from that class, but I had always studied it. And so you, whether I've taken courses online or taken from master astrologers in person, you know, our capability of what we can do with astrology has changed so much from when I first started. And we were like hand drawing circles with planets and calculating things. And, you know, I'm really glad I learned it when I did. Uh, but I have a friend in that class that says there's just astrology is so complex. You almost have had to have studied it in a past life or dedicate it to be like a lifelong study just because there's so, so many facets to it. And um, she's a hairdresser, right? So she's super cool access to people all the time. So she's like getting people's life stories, what's going on and looking at the astrology and just constantly studying people. So she has a really neat population to work with that, that love her, that's interested in what she has to say, right? And so you met Deborah is who I'm talking about. Deborah wrote the Tarot yeah, Primer, she's but great. she's also, also from my astrology class. Um, so I've been studying for about 20 years, but Deborah would tell you probably lifetimes. Yeah, that's really interesting. So how can you find out like what your moons are and everything like that? So yeah, uh, I I have a software. You can for free go to astro.com and create an account and look at you know your chart and uh, and the symbols of all of that. So that's a, a free place that everybody can go if anybody wants to do, do their chart or a natal reading with me. Of course, I welcome that. And sometimes it's nice to just get uh, your your first um, reading done so that you're like guided a little bit because there are so many interpretations right so that's a free place you can go and what it'll do is it'll give you your chart and it'll also give you a list where it's got the planets and the signs and the houses and you can start to dissect it you know how I do it in my readings is I go I start at the first house and I go all the way down the second house third house all the way around to the 12th house and so that's just how I personally structure my readings Um, there's other astrologers that do it differently uh, I like that because it just gives me a simple roadmap. We start in the first house. That's the house of ego, the house of self, uh, where you shine. So the first house is uh, is your shows your rising sign. So you mentioned you're Sagittarius. I have Sagittarius rising. So Sagittarius rising and Sagittarius sun people, often when you're, we're doing readings, um, they get very similar reports. So if you're looking at the horoscope and you're like, God, the Sagittarius looks way more like me than the Scorpio does, well, maybe you have Sag rising or maybe you have a Sag moon, right? Um, so that's the first house. The second house, we look at uh, issues of wealth, of worth, of money, of self-esteem, of uh, net worth and self-worth is really the second house. Um, the third house is communications and siblings. We talk about the fourth house in terms of your home life, your family life, what makes you feel secure, um, you know, I have a, a Pisces in my fourth house. And so Pisces is very mystical and um, woo-woo and meditative. And so my home has got to be a place that I run to, not away from. It has to be its own little escape. So I've got my garden and my wind chimes and my yoga music and my incense. And it's very, you know, cozy in there. And so that's something that you can tell just by looking at my chart. 
the fifth house, we, we do, we talk about like love given and playfulness and workshops. Uh, sixth house is service and vocation. The seventh house is the house of partnerships and relationships, usually your significant partner. And the eighth house rules sex, death, and taxes. The ninth house is Whoa. all about your philosophy and your worldview. And the tenth house is kind of the career house and how people see you in the public eye, but usually we're talking about career. And then the eleventh house has to do with like networks and friends and wishes and dreams and goals and basically social media. Um, and then the last one is the twelfth house, which has to do with the the unconscious, the hidden, the subconscious, the where you can be a prisoner of your own making and where you like a lot of privacy. So that's that's the map. And then I'll go in and explore, okay, what does it mean when this particular planet is in this particular sign in this particular house? And so, um, you know, that first reading is kind of broad and usually people are, are, have a lot that resonates with them and they are kind of mind blown and it takes a while to study that. So just whenever you get a reading, I encourage everybody to record it so that they can listen to it a few times and pick up some stuff that maybe they missed the first time. Cause it's a it's a different language, you know. It's like if I was explaining how you behaved in the world and what your best career tendencies are and what kind of love life would be best for you in Spanish, and you just don't know Spanish yet, you know. Um, yeah. So that would that would be. <laughs> like that is a lot of overwhelming, very important things yeah. that you're yeah learning about yourself <laughs> in one setting. <laughs> it's kind of like whoa. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way you'd remember all yeah. of it without writing it down or recording it, like you said. So when people come to you, typically, do they, is there something that they're usually seeking? Like, is there a common question or a common motive that you see? Yes, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) This is a a myth I would like to dispel as an astrologer. Um, I cannot tell you who to date. You know, I cannot tell you (laughs) to divorce your husband. Uh, I cannot tell you who to sleep with, you know, or who not to sleep with. Like this whole idea of asking a complete stranger what's going on in your love life is your number one clue that it's not going well. Right? <laughs> so that's probably the biggest question I get asked. Uh, the the next one usually it's like lover money, you know. That I was figured. kind of my working title for a while. <laughs> lover money, like how's it? Do I get a divorce? My I won't like. I don't know. That's up to you. You were born wise. Here's what the astrology is like for you. You, you know, you get to make that call and then money. Uh, I'm looking at a whole lot of different things. I, I actually have a book coming out called your cosmic career change. And so this, I'm looking at all of the money houses, the second house for money and self-worth, right? So if your self-worth is rude, then your net worth probably is too. And so we're going to look at that and see if we can untie some knots and shine some light in some dark places you know, we're going to look at the 10th house of career. Are you doing something that, you know, maybe you have some hidden talents and some um, little secret gems that you just hadn't considered and we need to make just a small pivot? Uh, are we look? is there a whole lot of activity in vocation house and maybe you need to treat it more like a service than a job? Um, so there's so many different aspects, but love and money are the two things that I would say I get asked the most. And then health is, a, is one um, but usually those are the, those are the big two. Those are the two when people start feeling it, that they really need some insider information, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and I know we're focusing mainly on astrology, but you do, um, you do teach numerology and tarot, and I would imagine across the board in all three of these categories or all of these practices that that is typically what everyone wants to know. But yeah, I would agree. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. But you, I remember when I did my first reading with you, I mean, you basically said, I am not telling you anything that you don't already know inside of you. I'm just pulling it out. Oh, good. I'm consistent. (laughs) (laughs) And that's still what I I tell people. Yeah. I mean, that really resonated with me. I was like, you know, that really makes sense. You really do know the answers. You're just helping me self-reflect and get to that answer myself. (laughs) Well, that's my, that's like my dream. And I I so value and appreciate that you shared that with me because that, that is really exactly what I'm trying to do because anything less is really disempowering to you. You know, I could tell you, I could put on my psychic hat and tell you what I see and uh, and then basically you're giving your power over to some psychic lady instead of coming to that conclusion with your own dignity and your own timing on your own. So you're not really influenced by what I think, but you're influenced by the conclusion that you've drawn based on the information available, right? Yeah, that was my biggest aha moment I had with you. I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense now as to how all this should really work. <laughs> Not just reading my horoscope and being like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, no. This is just bringing to light. Like, yes, a horoscope could sound like it applies to anyone because you hear people say that. But you apply it to how it's fitting in your life currently. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, again, the horoscope is just looking at the sun sign. We're looking at 10 luminary bodies that we consider teachers, that we consider influences on your path. And, you know, you're, you can just look at the people in your life and see it. You can see similarities between all your Scorpio friends. You can see similarities between all of your Aries friends. And, uh, and it, it just kind of becomes a little bit more fun um, to see all of us as stardust, you know, to see all of us as just different fragments of God, um, you know? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Is Is there more that you want to touch on before I try to find my train of thought? Was there anything else you wanted to dive into? Oh, gosh, you, you asked some really good questions. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that in terms of like the, the day to day use of astrology. So if you're looking at the forecast of what's going on in the sky right now, you can see, uh, like, there's there's the luminary bodies that are moving much, much slower, like Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto and Uranus. Those take years to move around. So they are going to, like, be a big, uh, big picture theme that's going to work with us all year long. And then the smaller bodies, Moon, uh, Mercury, Venus, they move a little more quickly. And so that's what changes the energy of each day. So there's like this big heaviness going on right now. We can feel right like Jupiter and Pluto are conjunct in the sky right now. And I'd be happy to talk more about that if we want. Uh, but that's kind of this general heaviness. And then, you know, there's ups and downs underneath that. There's good days and there's bad days. Uh, there's days that are smooth. There's days that are rocky. But that's that's kind of the difference in looking at what the forecast is for 
for like any month when I'm going to write something. So how do you use that in your day to day? We've got the calendar, we've got the workbook, we've got all kinds of tools that you don't have to be an astrologer or a numerologist or a read tarot to enjoy, right? So if, you, if you're into this stuff or you're wanting to get into this stuff, there's a ton of freebies at wiseguysadvice.com that you can just download and play with. Uh, but, but really the calendar and the workbook, this stuff will help you incorporate it in your day-to-day life and be like, oh, yeah. So I use it, for example, like the moon. We've got a new moon coming up, and so the new moon is a great time to plant seeds, make intentions. And for me, I'm gardening right now, so I'm using the new moon as a, a time to actually plant literal seeds. Um, but in gardening, you can use the different the moon in different signs and different phases for all kinds of different work, for harvesting, for working in the dirt. And this is something that the Farmer's Almanac uh, has reported on for, I don't know, a couple hundred years, a hundred years. How old are they? But this <laughs> is something that this is one way that you can use astrology in your day to day. Right. Sure. So with respect to what's going on right now does it make sense I mean I'm sure it does with what's going on in the skies right now too yes okay so what's going on in the skies right now is Jupiter is going to be conjunct or very 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 close to Pluto and so earlier this year the big the whole forecast for 2020 on Saturn conjunct Pluto so Saturn is where we are strict and have discipline and our rule have rules and are militant, right? And this is kind of our grandfather wisdom energy Saturn right next to Pluto, which is big change, uh, big turnover. So I w- we were expecting to see some turnover in government. We were expecting to see a kind of a change in um, the way we handle our finances. And these are the two coldest, harshest planets. And that's how it started out the year. So we kind of knew up front that 2020 was going to be tough. It's a four-year. So we were advising everybody to simplify, break it down, see what's important. And uh, and I think for the most part, we are all living a lot more simply than we we anticipated here in March of 2020. But what's going on right now, okay, so Saturn has retrograded into Aquarius. And Aquarius rules, it's an air sign. And so this rules airborne diseases. So Saturn, constriction, and Aquarius, airborne disease. So that's, you know, so we see this quarantine going on. I think it's going to last longer than we want it to, the the request for all of us to be self-quarantined. So that's one aspect. And then we've got Jupiter conjunct Pluto. And Jupiter expands and spreads. And Pluto, like, kills and dies and rebirths, right? So I'm looking at this in two ways. So my first... I'm always optimistic first, right? Like Jupiter, big, Pluto, magic. Okay, so that could be big magic. We could be tapping into big, big magic. These wide, huge groups of people meditating and sending metta and loving kindness and praying for the health of our planet together. And there's all this big magic happening. The people opening their windows and singing to each other in the countries, you know, like all of that stuff. Um, That's one way of interpreting it. The bad behavior of, those two planets working together would be widespread okay jupiter widespread panic pluto right and so there's this whole spectrum of things that can happen between big magic and widespread panic but what's cool is i mean this isn't really cool what fascinates me is that jupiter was conjunct pluto uh back in i want to say 1812 when the spanish flu was going on and we had massive amounts of blue dust 
and then it all of a sudden stopped, you know? And, uh, and so I just find it, I find it fascinating. Like if all of these things happened on a Monday for the last 25 years, wouldn't that be interesting? Um, no and so kidding. that's kind of what, what's going on in the, the world stage. And this is going to happen three times. The first one is happening here in April. I can't remember the second one, maybe June, July. And then the third one is in November. And so this is a, this is a once in 13 year situation and Pluto conjunct Saturn in January was a once in 30 year situation. So this is kind of a, a history making year and we could have handled it differently, you know, but it was based on what we built up as a society. So we're only taking the next step. Right. Uh, and so sure. I think that it's important to, to kind of keep it all in perspective but do you want to be part of the widespread panic or do you want to be part of the big magic? And I think that's the choice you get to make when you start looking at the polarization of the energies available. Sure. And you're, and we're definitely seeing both sides. So that is so yeah. interesting. So crazy. Man. Yeah. It's so right? bizarre. <laughs> it makes you want to go back and look at like every time there was some sort of worldwide pandemic, like what was going on. Exactly. And there, there are astrologers that have walked that path for you. So like uh, one of my favorite astrologers, Stephen Forrest, really looked at sunspots. And so uh, he identified this kind of pattern in wars having to do with sunspots, sun flares. I mean, I'm sure I'm using the wrong word when it gets fiery <laughs> on the sun. <laughs> yeah, like a like a solar problems. flare, like a sunstorm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like shit gets real in terms of war and he he identified he like named them all out it was really really cool mars works that this way so you as if you if there's any moms listening right you know about the terrible twos and you wait for it and then sure enough it happens and your kid goes crazy at two and they are yelling and screaming and throwing and where did your little baby go well mars just like your birthday your son returns to the same spot it was on your birthday so uh, the sun was in Scorpio, and there sure it is. There it is again every year. Same with Mars, except it has a two-year cycle. So every two years, you get a Mars return, and you get this surge of energy and drive and animus and, uh, I, don't, I mean, anger, but, like, energy, you know? Um, and so all of the planets have these cycles. Uh, Saturn is a 27 to 30-year cycle, so people get their Saturn return we were talking about your solar return for your birthday, your Mars return for your terrible twos, your Saturn return you get when you're 27 to 30, and then again, you know, around age 60. And so what happens with all the rock stars at 27 to 30? We see a lot of suicide. We see a lot of people that feel the constriction, Saturn, and the weight of the world on their shoulders, or they want to get committed in a relationship, Saturn, commitment, and so they um, you know, get married, have kids and start building their dream. So this energy that happens when we're 27 to 30, people can take in two very extreme ways. They can feel the weight of responsibility and go to work, or they can feel the weight of responsibility and it's too much, you know, and then they get to revisit it when they're 60. Did you live the life that you wanted to? If not, this is when you pause and pivot and go in a new direction. You know, and this is when you see people having not I don't want to say their midlife crisis. That's more of a Uranus type thing. But you you definitely have society markers when you turn 30 and 60. 
right? Yeah. Wow. Weird. It's also weird in a good way. It is. It's, it's all good, weird so way. fascinating. The more I, every time I listen to you speak, I learn something new that just totally blows my mind. <laughs> well, the whole like, hey. the whole like thing with Aries and airborne illnesses is shocking. <laughs> Aquarius. Yes. Aquarius. It sorry. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I so think crazy. You're, I think it's it wow. is. And so each each planet and each sign, uh, we say rules, you could say governs, but they are associated with um, very specific items. And so that's when like people really get into medical astrology, because you can look at the, the planets and make medical diagnoses. Um, it, you know, there's just so much you can do with it. Yeah. And I think it seems like astrology is getting a little bit more mainstream, even with you just see a lot more people talking about Mercury and retrograde. <laughs> and I feel like that kind of came out of nowhere and was all of a sudden a trend. Um, and then people started kind of looking into it a little bit more. And so many people were like, what even is Mercury in retrograde? Right. <laughs> and right. <laughs> from your opinion, I mean, do you feel like we're not opinion, just your knowledge. Do you know, like, is Mercury retrograde worse than, like, other retrogrades? Like, you were mentioning, I think, Saturn's in retrograde or something like that. But why yeah, Why is everyone focused on, yeah. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's cool. Like, first of all, it just means that people are interested and they're open-minded and they're learning and they're seeking. They're trying to apply... Um, some reason for all of this you know whatever this is their world what's going on in their world they want to know they want to hold something some force accountable right and that can be kind of a danger zone area but my first opinion is like yay you're curious you're asking let's talk about it let's learn uh and the retrogrades uh, they kind of so nothing is actually going retrograde right they're all just doing their normal dance around the bases the way that the earth is tilted and spins makes certain planets appear retrograde so mm -hmm. really it's just all part of maya all part of the illusion and so when we are talking about mercury going retrograde it's, it's not actually going backwards it looks like to us from planet earth that it's going backwards and therefore um certain things are kind of known to happen um mercury rules the details and electronics and uh, wit and wisdom and humor and newsletters and communications. So when Mercury's retrograde, you want to edit and revise and go back over. You don't want to write a, something new. You don't want to sign a contract. You don't want to, it's not a time to move forward. It's a time to pause and revise. And so when you use it that way, then it's awesome. You know, but if you're trying to surge ahead and go forward and it's just raining, raining and raining and you're not paying attention, uh, then that can get kind of frustrating. So knowing when Mercury is retrograde is a way to just optimize your time. And it doesn't mean you shut down and do nothing, right? And so Mercury retrograde, it has a two-week shadow phase before and after the retrograde. And in all of the planets, all of the planets will look like they're going retrograde. The moon will not. But the other guys will all have their their time to have a retrograde period. Some of them are months and months and months long, and you never notice it, like like Pluto or Saturn. Um, but some of them, like Mercury, when they have smaller shifts, 
like you'll see it in the weather like usually we'll get a little bit of rain it'll get a little windy it'll get a little weird when mercury goes retrograde and you can notice it in the weather pattern but generally speaking um it's not something that should like uh it shouldn't direct your life to the point of stagnation you know sometimes you just got to start stuff new during that period and you know you know it you know um so venus retrograde venus will go retrograde that's not really an ideal time to get married um you know mars will go retrograde like that's not really an ideal time to run a marathon we're gonna have a whole lot of listeners googling when (laughs) when so they're not not planning their weddings which many people we know are postponing and all that right now which is so interesting right and saturn is is retrograde right the planet of commitment so you know you think you had plans oh weird oh yeah Alex Wolf, if you're listening, let this be your sign that it's so, okay. <laughs> how often does Saturn go into retrograde? So this is usually a once a year thing for several months. And I do have the retrograde pattern um, in the calendar and I have posted it on Wise Sky so we could like easily find it uh, to, to let people know what the dates are of that. Oh, that's very oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. If you guys haven't checked out her Instagram or the website, there are so many useful tools on it. And like I said, there's more than even astrology on there. There's numerology, which I didn't know anything about until uh, last year. And that is so interesting as well. Um, but that's that's based on your birth date, too. Yeah, like, as well as I mean, really specifically your birth date. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, very, yeah, it's very really important to have your birthday correct when you're doing all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I've, I have had that. That's another, I guess, misconception we could talk about is that, you know, can you just do it on your birthday? You're like, yeah, you can. But if you know the exact minute, that's where we get into the minutia of things. So if at 11.02, the moon was in Scorpio, and then if at 11.03, it moved into Sagittarius, well, that's a very different interpretation. And if it's in a fire sign versus a water sign, does that square a whole bunch of planets and make it a, a life of um, many, many, many challenges? Or does it trine, uh, which is a positive aspect to planets, which makes it a very, very fortunate life, right? And so just a minute can change the whole outlook. And I have done entire readings before, and people are like, that doesn't really resonate that's not me and finally it's like oh my god they've given me the wrong birth time and there went an hour and a half of life and they're mad oh, no. at me and I'm like Ugh. <laughs> so it really does right, make a difference yeah. oh wow that's yeah. crazy yeah so that's that's what I guess a misconception and um I don't I don't know what I could really say to soothe someone that was Uh, really skeptical about astrology other than you know give it a shot and know that it's more than your horoscope and uh, right you can have inner peace and work with astrology just like you can work with um, science just like you can work with uh, psychology and um, while I believe you know that we're all spiritual beings as part of part of one uh, creator that, you know, that's just my personal belief. And there's a lot of new age astrologers that have a lot of wacky things. So you can, you can like go to a doctor or you can go to a doctor. You know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> uh, there's 
there's just as many crazy astrologers out there as there are really powerful, potent, good ones. And so if you're just starting out, like you could be vulnerable and not really know um, who are some good people to work with. And so one, one way I guess you could easily know is, do I feel empowered? Did this person empower me? Or do I feel less than and that I need something from them in order to get the next key of my life? Like, basically, you want to work with the people that are going to lift you up and help you focus on your path and help uh, you honor your decisions. Sure. I even remember. Yeah, I even remember you telling me with the Tarot, like, if it's a legit reading, someone is not telling you when you're going to die or if you're going to die or (laughs) anything crazy like that. (laughs) And I feel like that kind of applies Uh, to astrology, too. You can't go in just trusting anyone doing anything. Well, I like the Tarot. That's like. This is my new favorite trick, I I would say, is getting the death card with somebody that's brand new. And they're like, oh, what does that mean? You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to die. <laughs> no. You know? And I'm like, I oh, know, and we all are. We are all going to die. <laughs> you know? uh, so the death card in Tarot does not mean that at all. That's just me having fun and keeping it light. <laughs> Gosh. Well, with with everything that's going on right now, is there a way that anyone can kind of research themselves with astrology and figure out? I know like for me, a big thing, especially today with like us finding out that like the whole town is basically shut down. Like what's a way that you can kind of find like inner peace during times like this, you know, like a way to really because like for me, it's hard to just like turn my brain off and say, oh, I'm just going to not worry about it because it is what it is. But I know there's got to be a way to really like look inside and really know how to like calm your mind. Yeah. Okay, sure. Well, there's I would say there's several techniques, right? The first one has nothing to do with astrology. It's just simple meditation. And I would do with a meditation where you have your mouth closed, you're breathing, you're inhaling through your nose and you're exhaling through your nose. And you're just watching thoughts come and go. And so this is kind of boring. And it can also conjure a whole lot of fear if you're not letting the thoughts go. So one of the tricks I used that my yoga teacher taught me was uh, basically your, your mind wants a job. It wants to do something. So a thought comes in and you can classify that as past or future because it's one or the other because it's not what's going on right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's say that we're worried about something, probably the future. Okay, I'm going to classify that as a future. I'm going to go back to my breath, in through the nose, out through the nose, and maybe I'll get 30 seconds, and then another thought will come in, like, you know, what are we going to have for dinner? I'm really hungry. Okay, that's the future. Thank you, brain. You're working. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. You can just keep trying and just keep coming back to the breath and staying centered. You know, to address your question in another way, it's like give your mind something positive to chew on. So either become of service to somebody else to get out of your own head, um, you know, call your friends, pick, do something for somebody else, basically. Um, and then in the astrology, if you want to get nerdy and geek out and study with it, then I would recommend everybody look up what their north node is. And so the north node is, uh, it's not a planetary body, it's a karmic point in your chart, and it points to your destiny and your future, your soul purpose, right? And so this is something, if you study this about yourself, this is a really 
just kind of one-stop shop for knowing your really why you're here and what uh, what you're really wanting to get out of this life. And so the North Node, the best book on that is by Jan Spiller. Uh, what is it called? Astrology for the Soul. So that's one place you can study your North Node. You can also Google a whole bunch of different interpretations. And that's what, you know, just gives your mind something to do to focus inwards and know thyself, basically. Yeah, like right? you can always kind of go back to that in certain moments. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, yeah, and it, it, it helps you understand why you are the way you are. It helps you to know what your assets are and use them as assets instead of kind of weapons against you. And it, uh, so that, that's an easy one to start with. Okay, great. Yeah, lots of self-reflection. I know. Well, I mean, I'm going to have like two weeks of nothing, so I have plenty of time to self-reflect now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be really helpful for everyone because I think everyone's, um, I don't want to say negative sides of their personality or characteristics that, characteristics <laughs> that they hold, um, they're coming out now because yeah. it's anxiety-induced, it's fear-induced. Yeah. I mean, well, this is really the first time and I would imagine most people that are living right now, you know, maybe our grandparents can say something a little bit different, but I mean, no one that I'm close with, I mean, we've never experienced anything like this. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. This isn't our normal. And it is weird. It's like, oh, we're being forced to sit at home and we're mad about it. And I mean, like, I'm not mad about it, but it's just like, if I knew there was a definite means to the end, I'd feel better, but you just don't know those things. And so it's just like this uncertainty looming over everyone. And it's, it does, it people people's moods change their attitudes change about it because you just it's, it's just weird it's a right and we do weird things when we're when we're afraid you know we do, we have all kinds of odd behavior when we're afraid and so having that kind of compassion and like what a great opportunity to hit the reset button and really live in the present moment where everything is okay right here right now you know and uh, and being confident in the unknown. I just recorded my April podcast last night and I was just talking about the whole month of April and you know into the next couple of months being very similar to the the four of wands in tarot. And so this is where we're having to find stability in the chaos and that's where our meditation and our yoga practices have really given us an opportunity to practice our responses. So yoga and meditation is just kind of like a dress rehearsal for when you're going to face a challenge in life, right? So if we're working out hard and we're holding a pose forever, ever, and the beads of sweat are dripping down and we're not sure we can hang in there much longer, we're hitting our edge on the yoga mat. Or we're in meditation and we're not sure we can sit there much longer, we're getting really sick of it, we're hitting an edge. And those are those safe moments when we can practice our responses healthy, right? So am I going to sit here and get pissed off and throw a fit? Am I going to leave class? Am I going to smile and breathe? Am I going to, um, you know, take a take a like put a knee down um so these are the moments where we get to practice those little things and that way when we're sitting at home in the uncertainty in the unknown we can just breathe through it we don't have to have a big old response about it you know we can be smart like i am loaded up on every respiratory herb known to the you know modern world right now so there's things you can do to be proactive of course but worrying isn't one of them so we got to make our we got to give our mind a, a bone you know a treat to play with yeah. and that's what I do give yeah. my mind a bone I like that <laughs> give my mind a bone. we'll make that a shirt 
Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tiff. I mean, is there anything else you want to add? Anything you definitely want people to know before we let you go and go research all the things now? <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I just wrote an article about the seven energies um, that are informing the world stage, and that might be a good one for people to link to and then start Googling on their own, because what I did was I listed kind of the seven transits that I feel we should be looking at right now as we're all studying and learning together, and so that might be a great article for, for people. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about astrology in a way that's just light and fun and informative. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be so mysterious and dark and crazy. We can very much talk about this in um, in the light. And I do that on the forecast. So I appreciate you having me on the show. And if anybody has questions, I'm happy to address them personally. My uh, email is hello at wiseskiesadvice.com. And hello. I'm Tiffany. And just let me know that, you know, you've got a question. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we appreciate you taking the time to call and chat with us about this. It's like, it's a topic that I know Ashley and I are interested in, but, you know, I don't know a whole lot of other people that really dive deep into it besides, you know, like you've mentioned, just kind of the basic horoscope, but it really is so much more interesting than that. Yeah, it's a very useful tool. Absolutely. Yeah, it. it, I mean, it is for me. It made it okay to be me, and then I started understanding patterns and becoming the observer and being like, okay, I can hack this. I can hack this differently. You know what I mean? I can behave better. Um, Well, and I appreciate you digesting it down for us. You know, it's so complicated and I feel like you make it very easy to understand something that is such a complicated topic. Right. Well, that means a lot to me. Thank you. I That's uh, what I put a lot of effort into. So I really appreciate that feedback. Success. <laughs> <laughs> well, be safe on the rest of your trip. And I'm sure we will talk to you via social media at some point soon. <laughs> okay. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. And if you think it's something that you want me to say later, uh, I can. <laughs> okay. Right, will do. Thanks, to Be safe. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Well, we hope you learned something new about astrology and the planets. And maybe you'll now figure out what your, what is it, sun sign, moon signs are. Yeah, I want to go check out my north have, node. Oh, yeah. I, that I'm. That's the first thing I'm looking up. Yeah, you need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we will be back maybe next week if we feel like it, but definitely the week after. Thanks for listening. We hope everyone is staying safe and not losing your mind yet. (laughs) Yeah, hang in there, guys. We're all in this together. Bye.